This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. What will you be remembered for? Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action inspires others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now. Give later. Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. Years we brought you the news. Printed the info, we gave you the clues. Owners' profits were always sky high. Changing market now threatens our lives. Like it does, I got two kids. Post-literation, critical reading, dumbed down nation, signs of inbreeding. Huh? That's true. Hey everyone, I'm Eugene Driscoll of ValleyIndy.org. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. If you stumbled across this podcast on iTunes or the dark web, the Valley Indie is a one-person nonprofit online newspaper based in Ansonia, Connecticut. This episode is actually being recorded or being recorded in Derby in my basement. This is the 158th episode of this podcast since 2016 on iTunes, at least. Now, let me just qualify that a little bit. I'm not counting episodes we did on New Haven Radio when we were on FM radio uh, every Monday, or the ancient episodes we launched with Jody Mosger, now Gill. Congratulations on the new baby, by the way, Jody back in 2011 on YouTube, because that's actually when this podcast started, 2011. But it sort of went off and on uh, because the workload became a bit much. But anyway, we've been doing it 158 episodes strong. That's something to be said, huh? Huh? This is also my 14th episode since the Valley Indy was downsized to a one-person staff at the end of last year. So we're chugging along. I hate to say I. I haven't. I still haven't accepted the fact I have to say I instead of we. I have noticed. I have noticed lately that we've had some really popular episodes, at least for a hyper local current events talk show. I mean, I don't know it of any others. Maybe you do. Let me know in the comments. The recent episode I recorded with or about CT Cult Classics and their Stephen King night, Maximum Overdrive, baby approached 2,000 downloads. That's a lot for us. Another recent Seymour-centric podcast I recorded with First Selectman Kurt Miller and Stefan Bohuniak, also 2,000 downloads. I did a live recording, live-ish recording last month at Twisted Vine and Derby with the Boys and Girls Club and Mayor Rich Deacon. That also had about 2,000 downloads. So thanks a lot for listening. And Big thank you to our sponsor, valleygivesback.org. Also, big thank you and belated, I should do this every week, to the Bad Slugs. That's the intro music you hear. That's the band that plays Ride the Dinosaur. That's the intro song I've been using for, geez, at least a year. 
And that's a collection of Hearst, Connecticut journalists, including Ken Dixon, a columnist and state reporter for the Connecticut Post slash New Haven Register slash everything else. So I love that song. It's John Prinish, I think. All right, so I just mentioned our sponsor, valleygizback.org. That's uh, affiliated with the Valley Community Foundation. If you listen to the ad, you'll hear. But they've supported us and this podcast for more than a year. They're taking a break in the next quarter, however. So I have a sponsorship available, people. If you want a 30-second ad for your business read at the start of this podcast, along with your business's logo on valleyindy.org and our 15,000-person-strong Facebook page, please email me at valleyindependentsentinel at gmail.com. Again, that's our name as one word, valleyindependentsentinel at gmail.com. I also just mentioned that I recorded a live episode last month with Mayor Zekin over there in Derby and a whole bunch of other people. I'm going to try that again tomorrow. Or if you're if you're listening, it's probably today, Monday, February 25th. Mayor Zekin will be guest bartending at the Italian Pavilion on Pershing Drive in Derby from 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Again, it's Monday, February 25th. All tips will be donated to the Derby High School post-prom function. Post-prom, if you don't know, is an event that, I mean, you can probably guess this, it's held after the prom. During the post-prom bash, students get to do a ton of fun, safe, and organized stuff instead of, you know, getting on a party bus or a Honda Civic 1992 and head to Belmar, New Jersey to get mugged on the boardwalk. Also uh, connected to this event, you can dine in or take out from 4.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. 20% of food sales will also be donated to the post-prom. Make sure to mention Derby High School. Italian Pavilion, by the way, is at 90 90, 90 Pershing Drive. So I'm going to try to show up tomorrow. I'm going to go there tomorrow night. I'm going to try to make it an all-Derby High School podcast episode. But uh, the thing is, I haven't had time to actually reach out to the Italian pavilion or school officials, although through Facebook, Jen Moffat told me that she alerted the Derby folks uh, to, I haven't informed really anybody formally of my intent. And I'm planning to use this new handheld, awesome voice recorder I got over the weekend. So it's brand new. I haven't used it yet. I will probably mess it up tomorrow and the podcast will never publish. The other thing going on is, just within the last hour, my son was diagnosed with the flu. And that follows on the footsteps of my daughter who had the flu last week. So if I sound exhausted and maybe not sleeping, hallucinating, that's why. Regardless, buy dinner at the Italian Pavilion tomorrow night to support a great cause in Derby. All right, so that's basically my, that's basically my long and ranting unscripted, annoying, unprofessional introduction to this here episode of Valley Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. So there's basically one thing I thought I would talk about and share with you this evening. It's news slash audio clips from last week's Derby Planning and Zoning Meeting. The newsiest thing on the agenda, in my opinion, was the Hops Company. That's the wildly popular beer garden In East Derby, the owner wants to renovate the rear half of the property, which is 
primarily used for outdoor wedding events or wed or I'm sorry, outdoor events such as weddings, I should say. That's more accurate. Front of the property is the big beer hall slash restaurant we all we all know. Uh, by the way, they don't want to change that part of it. The rear portion, I guess, sort of looks kind of dated. Still nice, but it sort of doesn't doesn't look very modern. I guess they. It kind of reminds me of like this lake I used to work at, a swimming hole where I grew up. I worked in the concession stand. They'd have like a snack bar, and there were bathrooms. It was sort of like a uh, rural, countryish, flamingo, kiddish type, nineteen fifties Adirondacks. Adirondacks borscht belt type feel. Uh, that's what it kind of looks like back there a little bit. But the hurdle in getting this done, the giant hurdle, is the fact that the property is a grandfathered use. It's called technically a pre-existing non-conforming use. The underlying zone is residential. So it's zoned residential, so you can't expand upon a grandfathered slash pre-existing non-conforming use. So an attorney representing the Jalowick family who own, they have extensive holdings uh, in the area there, in the neighborhood, and they have for generations. They're arguing that Derby cannot la- allow the Hops company to expand, I'm sorry, these renovations to happen because it is an expansion. They're calling it, or the lawyer is on behalf of them, an illegal expansion of a gran- grandfathered use. Hops Company, by the way, through its attorney, Dominic Thomas, is arguing that it's not an expansion. It's just renovating what's already there. Derby P&Z at their last meeting last week requested a legal opinion from the attorney, their attorney, addressing whether expanding a building is allowed in in grandfathered properties. Hops Company had argued that basically, well, the building they want to expand used to be larger, so it's an expansion, but it's not really an expansion because they're they're trying to build on to one building, make it a little bigger than it is right now. But if you look at the historical use, they're saying it's not an expansion. It's not making it any bigger. It's just bigger than it was today. But 20 years ago, that area had more stuff going on there. But the attorney, Charles Willinger, for the uh, Jalowick family, or Joseph Jalowick specifically, his attorney, says, you know, you got a beer garden that's open five days a week. It's not the same as a catering hall, or like wedding venue, occasional outdoor events that that place was when it was uh, Grassy Hill Lodge. Uh, you know, it was, it was there. He's claiming that it was a place you'd have weddings once in a while, chamber of commerce gatherings, not this intense five night a week, especially on the weekend. You know, very busy place. So basically, it's like back and forth like this. The the, the hops attorney says, and Dominic Thomas says, and Charles Willinger says, and it sort of goes back and forth. Uh, this last meeting was very much like the people's court. Uh, you know, with Judge uh, Milan, is that her name? Not Judge Judy. I guess that would make Ted Estwan uh, sort of the judge here. He's the chairman of the Derby Planning and Zoning Commission. But it, at this point, it feels like this whole debate is going the way of the Ansonia Board of Education versus the Ansonia Board of Aldermen. Neither side at this point can even agree if the sky is blue, if you know what I mean. So it definitely sounds like a court case is coming, and I'm going to play you a clip right now where Charles Willinger, the attorney for neighborhood landowner Joseph Jalowick, mentions an appeal is probably coming. Either way, either way, the commission rules, and that ruling could come next month on this site plan modification to do some work in the rear of the hops company on Sodom Lane in Derby. It's probably an appeal 
is a court because that's how it works in Connecticut. If you try to you apply to your P and Z and they say no, you can appeal it, but it doesn't go into like some other places. It goes to then to the zoning board of appeals in Connecticut. It goes right to Derby Superior Court, well, or your local superior court. So in this first clip, uh, Mr. Willinger sort of explains who he is, talks about Mr. Jolowick's interest in the neighborhood and uh, what could be coming next in this long saga. Before I play the clip, I should point out that this is recorded on my iPhone from about 25 feet away. So audio, top level. Good evening, my name is Charles Willinger. Uh, I'm a member of the law firm of Willinger, Willinger & Busey. I represent uh, Joseph Jalowick and his entities, uh, the owners of seven properties on Sodom Lane and Marshall Lane. Uh, Joe, as you probably know, has lived and owned property in this neighborhood uh, for 66 years now. <clears throat> He's intimately familiar with the neighborhood. Uh, I also represent 26 current residents of Sodom Lane and Marshall Lane, uh, and all of my clients, all of them, oppose the HOPS application for modification of site plan approval. In fact, uh, I must say, Mr. Chairman, that my clients are very upset that, uh, yet again, they have to appear. Uh, they're spending their time, they're obviously spending your time, uh, and they're spending, uh, more importantly, their money uh, to, uh, once again, oppose the HOPS and uh, try to stop the HOPS encroachment uh, and on the integrity of this R3 residential uh, neighborhood. <coughs> I anticipate there will be an appeal by uh, members of the commission uh, in this application one way or another. Uh, and as you may know, if there is an appeal, uh, the court uh, looks only and solely at the record. Uh, so, Mr. Chairman, this is being recorded. I'm on record, everything I'm saying. Yes, we record all our emails. Uh, so, uh, it's my job. So that was Ted Estwan at the end of that clip telling Charles Willinger that, yes, we record all meetings of the Derby Planning and Zoning Commission. By record, they record it with a tape recorder of some kind or digital whatever of some kind. And someone is there actually taking notes. The meeting minutes will be approved at the next meeting. <clears throat> but you can hear Willinger saying there, this is probably going to court either way. When he says appeal, that is court. It's probably going to the Superior Court, regardless of how the commission rules. And that could happen. Uh, the other thing going on here that I should mention before playing the next clip from Mr. Willinger is that the Derby Planning and Zoning Commission is also working on these things, these PDDs, these uh, planned development districts for these sort of wacky properties. For That's not a, a precise term. But like in this instant, you have this instance, I mean, you have this uh, commercial property that's there and it's successful and it needs parking. Everybody just, everybody knows Hop's company needs more parking. But the Derby Planning Commission and Zoning Commission, Planning and Zoning Commission, cannot give them more parking because they're a grandfathered use. They're pre-existing non-conforming. They are zoned residential. According to state law, and this is pretty much everywhere in the U.S., you're grandfathered. It means you're, they, they kind of want you to go away eventually. At, at some point, this became a residential zone, and somewhere along the lines, they said that is, uh, you know, residential is a, a better use there than commercial, but hops 
via Dominic Thomas is saying, we're just doing what we've always been doing. We're just renovating our existing space to address the needs of our customers. We're not looking to bring more people in. We're not looking to uh, annoy the neighbors or encroach on the neighborhood or expand in any way. Same thing, just uh, painted differently. So uh, in our next clip, and by painted, I'm not being literal. I'm just making a point. So in our making a point that tries to explain what's happening here. In our next clip, Mr. Willinger argues that the hops company is a vastly different use than Grassy Hill Lodge. That was the use slash business that was there prior to the hops company opening a couple of years ago. And uh, Willinger is arguing in Jolowick, the, the, the person he represents, it's not just a busier use. It's not just the, like they're, they're more successful or popular, but this is a different, vastly much more intense and according to them, improper expansion of a grandfathered use. So here is Mr. Willinger once again. Now, once the certificate of zoning compliance was issued and then hops hands, the property was converted uh, from that uh, lodge use, which was mostly weekend, by the way, mostly weekend events were served in the private restaurant. Uh, they had seasonal outside events up until 1999. They didn't have one event on this property outside, one outside event after 1999. Uh, in any event, they changed that use to a public restaurant, not a private, but a public restaurant, open, I understand it's open five days a week now, it could be open seven days, but right now it's five, tomorrow who knows. All right, first, I should apologize. That is me scribbling furiously on my notebook. As uh, So I'm holding a, a, an iPhone recording all this and trying to take notes at the same time. I should also note that the former slash last owner of that property, before it was Hops, it was Grassy Hill Lodge, and the, 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 one that, the person, the woman who sold it to the Hops company stood up at that planning and zoning meeting and took uh, exception to what Mr. Willinger said right there about how there had been never, never, nothing had been going on since 99. She said that just wasn't uh, true, that what he said was not accurate. So as I stated earlier, and I've reported ad nauseum in previous stories on this whole Derby issue, Dominic Thomas, the attorney for the Hops Company, said that all the business wants to do is to modernize and renovate existing space in the rear of the property. Space that was perhaps more widely used or at least used as much in the 1970s and 80s going back historically for, you know, back to the caveman times. Uh, That was before the place fell on hard times and limped along basically until the hops company came in, breathed new life into it. And now if you go and get an Uber there, it's it's hard to navigate the parking lot and you're, you kind of get, get it dropped off on, on the road. Uh, so now it's a place that actually attracts customers. So this last clip sort of sums it all up. So you've got, as I think I've explained repeatedly, there's a difference of opinion here. And I know I'm not hitting every point that each attorney made, but there's a clear difference of opinion happening in Derby with this property. And we're talking about zoning philosophy and rules it looks like a court's going to get involved, I think. And in this last clip, Ted Estwan, the chairman of the Derby Planning and Zoning Commission, says that, look, 
we need a ruling from our attorney on two things, one of which I won't get into because it'll take me five minutes to explain it. Uh, but one of the things he asked the attorney is to determine whether if you expand a building in a grandfathered use, is that improper? Now, Dominic Thomas is arguing that, okay, if we have a building and we're making it a little bigger, if you look at historically, you know, let's say it's just for argument's sake, 200 square foot building. They want to add, according to this plan, another 100 square feet. Well, you can't do that because it's expanding a pre-existing non-conforming use. But the hops company seems to be arguing that, well, no, that's not really true because in 1982, this building was actually 600 square feet. So we're going from 200 to 300. That's still much less intense that, than what we could do. So that's sort of a argument I, that I think that I heard there. And maybe uh, we'll hear from a judge. I don't know. But here is the last clip of this podcast, which has taken me about five hours to put together. I just want you people, I'm looking for sympathy. Hear it out. Okay, that's one item. Okay, the second item is, if that being the case, can we do this legally? And I'm going to defer to counsel on that because I'm not a lawyer. I can't tell you, can we? Um, but, but I can tell you we're not going to add one parking spot. No. Now, should we, should we, because it's on our agenda tonight, so I can talk about it. We're continuing discussion about uh, PDD zone for our own PDD zone. Should that property fall into that in the future? Could he come back and say, hey, by the way, I need to have 55 spots. Can I have 55 spots? You can come before us and we can see. I don't know. But that's not before us today. Ryan, you want to add anything else? No. Okay. When we meet again next month, I want I want we're going to tile this in, so we're not going to go six months with this again. Okay. And it's pretty straightforward. Um, You know, and the delta is from this calculation is 275 square feet. That's based on. So I want to see. We can't expand any square feet. So the historical data that Rich has asked for, let's get that back. So, anything else? I want to make one thing clear. The fact of the matter is we're not discussing one building and one area and whether this was a pavilion or not pavilion. Even if this was a pavilion, what we're doing is not increasing the intensity of the use. This is not a numbers game on that. If it is, is, we could put a pavilion... uh, That is Dominic Thomas, by the way. Out there, and and say we're not lawyer uh, for the hops. We're not increasing the intensity of the use. We're not bringing in more customers by doing what we're doing. The place is maxed out right now. We we understand that, but again, you know, if your intensity and the square foot, I've been legal counsel has has guided us that you can't expand the square footage. Forget the intensity, okay? So I'm asking counsel to review it and get back to us with a legal ruling on this. So that's not that's not out of the realm. That's our job. So yeah, there you have Dominic Thomas making uh, a concise point. That's his argument to this uh, whole thing. So I guess I'm not even talking about there's all kinds of other dynamics going on with this whole debate over the hops company, which is a great place. I think we all agree, or if you've been there, it's a, it's a great addition to Derby, but some neighbors at least have come out at 
many meetings over the last year or so and said that, hey, man, this is successful, but it's a pain in our butt in terms of parking, noise, and, and litter, and all this other stuff, which is disputed by the hops company. There's a lot of, for lack of a better term, he he said, she said here. Uh, you've got, at that last meeting, former Mayor Degato came out uh, in support of the hops company. Uh, you, they uh, Dominic Thomas said he had something like 500 signatures from Derby people supporting the hops company. Then you have Charles Sampson, the president of the Board of Aldermen, and also to some extent, Rich Zekin, the mayor, saying like, look, you bought this property. You knew what it was when you bought it. It's a pre-existing, non-conforming, grandfathered use. You got you to gotta deal with what you have. You're very successful, but you got to deal with what you purchased because it wasn't like it was hidden. So, and then Dominic Thomas, you know, his, his argument is right there. So anyway, I, I don't mean to go on and on and on and on. I do know this is a hugely important, uh, 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 issue to the neighbors, to Mr. Jolowick and to, uh, the owner of the hops company. So I, I, I do not mean in any way to give any of you short thrift or, or treat this like it's just, you know, another story. I do realize that it's, uh, people's lives here. Uh, so anyway, that's why I love doing what I do at the Valley Indy. I don't think you can get this type of podcast on any other zoning issue, certainly in the state of Connecticut. So I want to thank you again for listening and for your support and the fact that we're now averaging 2,000 downloads a week on uh, me rambling. So good night and God bless.